Hello, everybody in RVT land. This is Pablo Morale Martinez talking at ya. Um, so, uh, we are not doing our typical show today. We're doing a clip show. Because somebody, I'm not going to say who, me, uh, has taken a vacation. And so, we haven't been around to, like, you know, do our usual hijinks. So please enjoy this uh, this clip show of uh, our aimless wanderings, our um, our babblings, our rants, our raves, uh, and yeah, enjoy it because you have. Uh, what, what are you gonna do? You're gonna tune into another streaming service? No, Radio Free Brooklyn is the only game in town. So uh, enjoy, enjoy it. I've said that way too many times. Uh, so here you go. Uh, live from New York, it's Robots versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I, uh, I hit record. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have hit record. Clarice, what do you mean? You want you don't want people to come in your face anymore? Quid pro quo, quid pro quo, Clarice. No more come in your face. <laughs> it's not part of the job, Mister Lecter. I'm an FBI agent. <laughs> Why do you sound like Elvis Presley is dying corpse? Because <laughs> they should have sent a poet. <laughs> Now say a hunk a hunk of Vernon Love. <laughs> I will not do that, Mr. Lecter. <laughs> oh. Alright. <laughs> Why don't you say I take from you your hammer? <laughs> I take from you your hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and I cast you out. Hannibal Odin. That would be a whole different yeah, I know, horror right? movie, right? <laughs> I ate Frigga's liver oh. with fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yowza. Yowza. <laughs> <sighs> that's right. Wow. That was a great clip. That was an amazing clip, wasn't it? Oh, man, the memories. Uh, me and Ernesto just, you know, yakking it up. Like, just, you know, just like we we came back from a crate and barrel, you know, um, which we do uh, every every Tuesday of, uh, of the month, every first Tuesday of the month. Uh, factoid for all you RVT heads, we go to crate and barrel, and we just treat ourselves, you know. We we treat ourselves we because we we uh, we deserve it. Uh, we put on such hard work uh, making the show, and uh, you know we pass the the that that joy that sense of joy on to you the listeners. And um, but but we also deserve uh, a moment where we you know where we go to Crate and Barrel. So um so yeah. 
let's let's play another clip um, that is equally as uh, full of joy and uh, uh, joie de vivre, all right? Uh, and uh, let's see how y'all feel about that. So here here we go. When you're alone and life is getting you lonely, you can always go, ah, tune, tune. <laughs> it's that kind of Friday. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. One, one important question, though. Now, we've seen a lot of uh, superhero movies. I think it's fair to say. And um, have we? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we have. It just doesn't feel like that lately because I think we're still spent from Endgame. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although there are a slew of movies that I want to see so bad. Yeah. 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 Well, any of them superhero movies? None. Yeah. Actually, really weird. Yeah. It's I, like this weird period where I'm just like adult movies, please. <laughs> And then everybody's just like Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse, Parasite. It's mm. like I want to see the all of those movies. Yeah, need a, a little bit of a reset from from the uh, the hardcoreness of uh, superhero films. But um, one key moment from a classic that that you love to refer to, um, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Um, and the infamous uh, Martha scene. Oh, right, 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 right. That, that somehow triggered Batman, even though he's supposed to be like a master, master of the mind as well as the body. Um, that just caught him off guard for some reason. He's the world's greatest detective. Exactly, exactly. He's, uh, his mind is, you know, second to none. And we also had a similar moment in Avengers Endgame between uh, the two Captain Americas, you know. Oh, yeah. Bucky is... <laughs> that's really hard on the throat i gotta yeah, i, I yeah, gotta yeah. give it to chris evans like, to, yeah well you have to pretend like you're being choked <laughs> oh that's right by your by your other from like a different time period right not like in the good way you yeah, know? yeah so um yeah we just told on ourselves um so <laughs> you told on yourself i admit nothing you didn't disagree. Yeah, so. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> by proxy. It's one of those lonely Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> You're cloning. You have nothing to do. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Somebody uh, go ahead and uh, rule 34 that. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. so if it hasn't been done already. But the uh, the thing is, those uh, both of those situations are very similar in regard to dropping some deep emotional scar to your adversary in order to throw them off so that you can get the upper hand or at least pause the fight for a while. And I'm wondering which scene is going to age better in your opinion. It's definitely got to be Captain America Civil War because... That was an endgame. Oh, it was? That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just so much Captain America. Yeah, I know. There's (laughs) so much Captain America. (laughs) Uh, yes, uh, the, it's got to be an Endgame because nobody notices, nobody notices that about Endgame. They just think, "Oh, haha, that's funny." Um, <laughs> whereas in you know Batman versus Superman, 
oh, they're going to be like, that. that's just going to be remembered in the wrong way. Mm. You know, people are just going to turn back and think about it and just be like, whoo, that part sucked. Yeah, know? yeah. I think if the rest of the movie had been like stellar, um, the way Endgame was, people probably wouldn't have given that scene such a hard time. It was, and you brought this up before we started recording. It was Ben Affleck's reaction to the whole thing, uh, which was like, what was it like? You tell me. He was looking to the left and to the right, like, and it was just like, what, what, what did you just say? Where's Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> yeah, he looked like he was, like he thought he was being punked. He yeah. was like, that was that was your point. It was like, like some camp- two thousand eight. <laughs> Like some cameras were going to come out. MTV. People were going to step out like Matt Damon was going to come out and be like, ah, I gotcha. <laughs> He's like, Matt, no, you know, Matt, you know, it's just tink because his armor is metal. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> Meanwhile, Superman's still underneath his foot like, ah. <laughs> I'm still suffering here. Uh, uh, you know? Kryptonite burning out my eyes. <laughs> Please. Kill me. <laughs> oh, his my face God. face is melting because of the kryptonite. Half his teeth are just gone. It's just like... <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Fuck you, Batman. <laughs> See, I bet that's in the Snyder Cut. You know <laughs> yeah, that's in the Snyder Cut, of course. <laughs> Oh, it's man. the gory Superman death. Hey man, when you when when you've got nothing else, just make it just go completely left field, you know. <laughs> ah, that was so good, so so warm. It's like putting on putting on a vinyl record. It's warm. It's a warm feeling that you get. That's warmth to it. So, um, thank you, Radio Free Brooklyn. Once again, for hosting our little show, Robots vs. Taxes. Um, if you want to email us, please uh, send all your questions at uh, at robotsversustaxes at gmail.com. That's right. You can contact us directly, and someday we may get back to you. think that spiked the levels um i wanted to set the tone for this very you know um a very special a very special (laughs) robots versus taxes halloween spooktacular we're not there yet oh yeah okay all right fine (laughs) that's the fourth step on my fucking dreams (laughs) so yeah (laughs) before the show um, and before I started talking about like dry sheets and cum, uh, a staple of this uh, yeah, program. Sta- yeah, it's a very fine program. Um, you know, a lot of people turn to us for information about these kinds of things, and uh, I'm really glad that that that's the kind of that's the kind of audience, that's the kind of listener I, I'm really searching for. So anyway, um. You before the show, before the ridiculousness of the show, um, we were talking about uh, the the only two white men that you 
well, you were telling me mm-hmm. about the only two white men who talked about race in a very like knowledgeable. in a way yeah, yeah knowledgeable and a way that you respected yeah yeah it's only only two white men that i've ever heard and one of those men like <laughs> me and um you know my wife producer of the show sabrina um she we were we were both like <laughs> so yeah so tell us the the first one is the first one is tim wise yes. uh anti-racism speaker who speaks all over the country has written several books uh speaks very eloquently and deeply about uh, systemic racism and uh how it shaped the history of this country to the present day so he's the first one yes um and then the second one Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. All right. So, well, uh, you have to you have to say something, huh? Right? I thought that I thought it would be evident. I mean, Jean-Luc Picard. I mean, if you've ever watched any episode of The Next Generation. But what specifically? Because it, like, it's say to the layman, aka me. Yeah. Right. Um, no, you're not a layman. You're an anti trekite Yeah, true, you know, true. I'm, I'm so, but given like you know my haterade for the for <laughs> this Gene Roddenberry Spawn series, um, <laughs> yeah, that good good correction. Yeah, I, I, uh, I heard it creeping out of yeah. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, to to people like me, or to people who are kind of like you know haven't really given Star Trek a shot, like why? What what in particular about Jean Luc Picard? Like, is there an episode where people can tune in? It was in the movie Star Trek Insurrection. Okay. And uh, the Enterprise had gone into a region of space called the Briar Patch, where there was this world sitting there, because of the surrounding radiation, it kept everybody on the planet perpetually young. Like people aged at such a slow rate, and because of that, people were able to. Um, learn things over a longer span of time and they became a really uh, evolved culture they weren't like super high tech but they had a very deep sense of humanity Um, but the thing is there was another race um, in uh, in the galaxy that also found this uh, this briar patch that wanted to mine this area of space for that radiation so that they could regenerate themselves because they were a race that was essentially genetically starting to fall apart well i think i know this one this is one where f murray abraham he's like one of the leaders of this race and um he was salieri and amadeus i don't know if you remember yes um yeah yes if that was him Mm -hmm. where he looked like he was wearing like like his skin looked like um like uh um leather yeah Yeah. it was like donald trump on a hot day basically basically they would have to do procedures where they would like re-stretch their skin across their face yes yes yeah i have seen this one yeah yeah Yeah, so um this race partnered with another faction of the federation um were making plans to move these people to another planet so that they wouldn't be impacted by sucking the radiation out of this region out of space, which would have destroyed the planet. And the thing is, when Jean-Luc Picard found out that this was happening, he was vehemently against it because it's just like you're essentially um, altering a culture by forcibly removing them from their land. He's just like, and he said, you know, 
on my world, meaning Earth, we have a long history of forced migration of people. And get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he really talked about that. Yeah, and he was just like, and when is it when is it okay to do that? When it's just ten people, ten thousand people, or ten million people? And that was his position. And he not only fought this alien race, but also the part of the Federation that was supporting them to do this because they wanted to study this radiation and perhaps spread it to, you know, uh, the rest of the Federation. But not but Jean-Luc Picard believed not at the cost of these people. Forced migration is going to destroy them because their culture evolved in this region of space and is dependent on this region of space. Fuck, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Are you going to... Is this one of those learning things where, like, uh, I'm learning a life, like, on a very special episode of, like, Robots vs. Taxes? Yeah. Like, Pavel learns how to love Star Trek. (laughs) You know, he opens his heart to... Perhaps perhaps you should give it a shot. Nah. (laughs) Knew you were going to say that. Um... Fine. Nah. Fine. Stay close-minded, you know, and entertained by your laser swords and your... They're called lightsabers. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Don't shake your head. My wife is shaking her head at me. Don't shake your head at me. You watch that. You, wa- you watch it and you like it. You watch the show. You watch the movies and you like... It sounds, you know like, it sounds like somebody's forcing somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. She does like Star Wars, I'm telling you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I let the record show that she did the eh sign with her hand. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I am probably... You know what? I'm going to end up watching Star Trek Next Generation. That's what's going to happen. Mm. Are you looking forward to the Jean-Luc Picard show? Because that looks terrible. Like the the Jean-Luc Picard. One day I'm going to jump over this table (laughs) and it's just going to be 15 minutes of just ruckus. Just every sound, glass breaking, puppies crying, like... You bring it on, man. Yeah, no, I'll bring it. I'll bring it, all right. I mean, that day I'm going to have a lightsaber in my hand and Mm -hmm. I'll be ready. Okay. You set your phasers to, to... Fucking I'm gonna set my phasers to rape. That's that's <laughs> how bad it's gonna be. Boy, I'm sure this is part of the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, I feel like that concludes this uh, this segment of our uh, Halloween spooktacular bonus. It's Even not if a I know, I know, I know. It's October fourth. You know what? Just let me have this. Just let me have this. No. <laughs> you have to be stopped. You know that? No. You have to be stopped. Why? I, so I'm, there's no stopping me. Because you're mad with power. I am. There's no stopping me. Burning through the sky. Yeah. 200 degrees. That's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm going at the speed of light. I'm going to make a supersonic man out of you. All right. So, yeah, that's a good place to cut that. All right. All right. Bye.
but here is another clip of, uh, you know, ramblings, you know, talk that seems to go nowhere. Uh, but for your ears, it is, uh, it is mana, right? That's, uh, you know, bread from the heavens. So, uh, so yeah, enjoy this, this little clip. All right, and away we go. And away we go. I'm Pablo Morali Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. And I just knocked the shit out of my knee into your fucking wooden table. Hey, it's only Ikea wood, so you'll uh, be fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Have some uh, duct tape if we need to like tape your knee yes, together. So. please. <laughs> I'm like that fucking ape man in Primal. It's like, oh! <laughs> I resonated so hard with that ape man. I was like, dude, I know. I've been there. Oh my god, that sucks. <laughs> oh shit, man. <laughs> oh. So um so yeah, there was a few things that I wanted to ask you about uh again with Joker. Mm -hmm. So um I couldn't help but notice that um Every other woman that he interacted with, almost every woman that he interacted with was black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then there was, um, and then the, the person that he interacted with in Arkham Asylum, uh, was, uh, I, I I'm, I'm sorry. Arkham I hospital. I forget. Yeah. Ar Arkham. It was Arkham hospital. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, um, <laughs> And I know where that is. That's at. That's in Industry City. I just walked back by Arkham Asylum. Uh, in uh, oh. it's in Industry City. It's right where Uncommon Goods is at. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So I was just like, oh fuck yeah, they provide uh, home furnishing and uh, mental health. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Uh, our prices are insane. insane. <laughs> oh shit, man. I farted. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Okay. So, um, so back to back to Joker, right? So, what is the what 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 was that? What was I couldn't help but notice that. I was it's, just like, it's very obvious, the, right? The angry lady on the bus, Zazie Beats in that thankless role. Sussy Beats yeah. needs mm -hmm. a, like a movie franchise, yes. an Academy Award winning vehicle, mm -hmm. something. That lady, I seen her. I see her on Atlanta, and like she is, other than being stunning, yes. right? I, I just have to bring that up. She's a, I think she's a brilliant actress. Yeah. Um, even in fucking Deadpool too, I was just like. She's like a ray of sunshine in this movie. For sure. For all the flaws that this that Deadpool 2 had, I was just like, Domino, bravo, you mm -hmm. know, bravo. This movie, I'm just like, with Joker, I was like, what the... F this is nothing. Yeah. Why, why does she even take this on? <sighs> anyway. They say she's casting that net wide. She's like, DC, Marvel, whoever cashes the check. True, so. true, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I really hope she becomes Domino in the new because they're they're moving dead. They're moving ahead with a Deadpool three. Good, good. Um, but uh, but yeah. So what is this message that Joker is trying to put across with black women? Yeah. I don't know. That's what what is it? That's that's the weird part. It seems like it seems like all his interactions with black women are directly connected to them dealing in some shape or form with his sickness. Um the well, the one the woman on the bus doesn't. She's like, "Stay the fuck away from my kid, you fucking freak." But she triggered him because uh, he started laughing like right after that. Oh and then, yeah, and she and she set it up for that interaction. Set it up for the audience. It's just like, okay, I have this thing. He gave her that card. Like, look, this is my condition. This, then, the other. So that's what it served. If it was. I don't know if they were trying to say like a white woman would have been more understanding or whatever or, or wouldn't have reacted to him that way. But apparently she triggered him. So it's almost like she lit the um, she lit the fuse. She lit the spark that lit the fire that <laughs> ignited the rebellion. And then and then the next black woman that we see him interacting with is his therapist. Who yes. Who seems to be of some help, but not really, especially yeah. with the way that he reacts to her later he's just like you don't she listen has some to sympathy for him she but does she have. seems like she doesn't have i mean i think i feel like her character was just a commentary on the medical health sis- system right right it's, it's like, true i mean and that and that's an important thing to talk about but at the same time like they just set her up for for him to dump on her because like he was like you asked me the same questions it's just like well do they ever show you him at any point in the movie doing the work do we even do we even know what work he needs to do that's where i'm just like this movie i i don't know what the fucking point of this movie is yeah um exactly i mean look i'll say this much visually i thought it was eye candy and yeah. that, but that's, oh yeah for sure, for sure but that's the thing it's like it's martin scorsese light um <laughs> it's like if you go like if i I, if somebody gave me the option, they were just like, hey, uh, you know, we either got some Sunny D, some purple stuff, we got Joker, and we have Taxi Driver. And I'm just like, purple stuff, Taxi Driver. <laughs> right? Um, because that movie, Taxi Driver, at least has something to say. Mm, mm. Uh, and it, it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a character study than Joker is because Joker, I feels like I feel like it just gets lost in these in these mixed messages. Like what the fuck? Like Thomas Wayne's a dick, but you're supposed to sympathize with him. Arthur Fleck is unsympathetic, but then it it's like it asks you to take his side when he murders three assholes in cold blood, and then it asks you like, are we supposed to sympathize with the three assholes that were murdered, or with? him or with the people who were inspired by his violent actions to put on clown mask and riot, which I'm just like, really mm. him killing three assholes is like, I don't know. It's, yeah. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, it's frustrating. I, I feel like this movie would have um, benefited a lot more if it was, co-written or co-directed by either Ryan Coogler 
or Ava DuVernay because we got no we got no insight into what the suffering of society is and I feel like the director did not care about that but should we relay a um, uh, character such as Joker some serious like because you're talking about uh, directors with something to say right Joker Joker isn't so much a character who has something to say so much as he is I mean he's captured perfectly in the Dark Knight that's it that's the definitive version yeah agreed. he is just an agent of chaos mm-hmm. Once you start building in messages about like the poor, the rich, the class divide, the mental health system, mm-hmm. this and that, it's just like no, that's not that's not what he is. He's he even even the Joker says it himself. He's there. You ask him, he's just like, uh, what do you believe in? He's like, nothing. I don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and that's and that's what I feel like the movie was saying. The I movie was just like, I don't believe in anything. So why should I give a shit? Perhaps, perhaps. This is me shooting Robert De Niro in the face. <laughs> but I feel like if they, if they're gonna do that, because I don't mind like alternate timeline character studies, because this this Joker sh- is not connected in any way to um, any particular movie canon that we've seen thus far, um, which I think is fine. But if you're gonna make a movie about a character who ultimately just becomes an agent of chaos. Um, I think that you either have to really illustrate why he is an agent of chaos and not just, okay, here's, here's just a variable who was born into the world and this is the stuff that he does because it's easily um, illustrated in like the mainline movies. Like, like you said, the Dark Knight Joker. Like, yeah, we, we get who he is. If that's who he is, You've depicted him just fine there. He doesn't have a past, right? Right. There's no him interacting with various black women mm-hmm. uh, trying to vocalize his, oh, woe is me. Right, you know? right. Um, you know, understand me, please love me. It's like, what the fuck, dude? No. Mm. Um, this is... Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, frustra- <laughs> it's frustrating because it's just like, all right, you gave us... Uh, you gave us an over two hour long movie to let us know that this is a character who doesn't care or who has no sense or this and the other. It's just like you could have you could have said this as well as putting Batman in it as well. You yeah. know, at, at the very least, we would have had like some cool vehicles and stuff like that, that. moment with little Bruce Wayne was pop to me. My favorite moment of the movie. Yeah. Um, because that whole subplot about him probably being uh, Bruce Wayne's uh, half brother mm-hmm. was intriguing. I was like, "Oh, it was." And then it was just like, you know, fuck what you know. <laughs> We're twisted, man. We're crazy, man. <laughs> this is a movie about the Joker, man. He's fucking crazy. It's like. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, let's, shit, uh, man. All right. Let's talk about, uh, uh, about something, uh, that actually has something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, primal. Primal. <laughs> wow, man. Um, 
I, I keep having trouble pronouncing his last name. Uh, Andy Tar Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Yeah. Thank you, man. That guy knows how to set up tension and action. Yes. Um, so good. Director uh, of all three Hotel Transylvanias and a failed Popeye CGI romp. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, and and of course Dexter's Lab, which was awesome. You could awesome. T- you could tell that he he was trying to sneak in his action uh, stuff in there because uh, <laughs> there's a moment in that show. And I only picked this up on Twitter, so I'm not basing this on, oh, I saw this in real life, you know. I saw that on Twitter where there's a still where Dexter brings a caveman back from the past and it's fucking Spear. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh. Which blew my mind. I was like, God damn, he's been thinking about that that long? I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. I... I always loved on Dexter's uh, laboratory how anytime somebody got into like a, a super heroic pose or something, something like that, that there would always be like that lens flare twang that would happen off of like somebody's glasses or something or something that even didn't have like a reflective surface. Yeah. And it would just be like twang. It's because <laughs> it's because Tartakovsky knows cinematic uh, like moments. He knows how to capture moments of pure cinema. And I feel like that's what. Um, primal became and and shit like the last season of Sh- like all of Samurai Jack but particularly the last season in Samurai Jack there's definitely that moment that is so it, it's the moment that I'm sure you're thinking of mm, right now when he's fighting the yes uh, the cyborg beetles the, the cyborg beetles yeah. yes <laughs> and like you know goes yeah. into ultra widescreen <laughs> I love that about him. That the and um, it's also moments that he brought to uh, the Star Wars Clone Wars mm-hmm. um, series, which I think is one of the great. You know, uh, people on Twitter are asking like, "What? Are, where do you rank uh, the Star Wars uh, movies saga?" You know, mm-hmm. and uh, that Clone Wars, that two D Clone Wars for me was up there. It was it was amazing. And and back to that Samurai Samurai Jack scene. Um, you know, when he's like going half insane from being cut up by those uh, beetle uh, robots or whatever. Um, and he yells and he's cutting them in half, like in slow motion. And the rest of them are seeing like he's not fucking around anymore. One of them takes a step back. Yeah. <laughs> and then the screen just like focuses in on his eyes and he's just like, no. There is no escape. <laughs> and it's just like three cuts on the screen. It's just, ah, 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 and he's like cutting them all down. Just like, this is the dopest shit. I know, right? Ever. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Phil Lamar does uh, the voice work for Samurai Jack, man. Yeah, he's man. so good. He's a legend, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gendy Tartakovsky knows his cinematic moments. There was uh, th- like the first two episodes of Primal were just like, Okay, this movie, this show, this movie, this show is fucking intense. Yes, like it gives no fucks. It killed it, it, that. It, it killed the caveman Spears' entire family. I was not prepared for that. I was yeah, just like, it wasn't either. They killed his family, like, and we <laughs> saw it. Yeah. What the? F- and I was like, oh, Adult Swim. Okay, yeah. Yeah. They, they give no fucks. And so. then, um, and then what's it called? Uh, it was that, and then. There was an episode called a Terror Under the Blood Moon or something. Oh, yes. Which to me was just like, holy shit. Talk about a standout episode. 
that episode had like from the get go, it's just like you're on the edge of your seat. You're on the edge yes. of your seat. You're on the edge of your seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, uh, Fang and Spear being chased by Velociraptors. Yeah, it's like, Velo- just- like just like hundreds of them. <laughs> I'm just like, isn't this a little overkill, guys? <laughs> and they're like, no. No. Nah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's not enough. It's like, uh, now they're being chased by... Um, man bats. Yeah, man bats. <laughs> straight out of like a Frank Rosetta nightmare. <laughs> and then one of the most terrifying giant spiders I have seen as of yet. <laughs> Basically setting up like one of the scenes from what was it? Uh, Alien uh, three, like just a bunch of animals and people cocooned. Oh, that, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Cave. And it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. This, is, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, man. And then your boy, you know, the the, the monkey man, you know, <laughs> just what? Oh, when he, when he tried to give him back his sphere. Boy with the fucking broken leg. Oh man, when he broke his leg, I was like, no! I screamed in my fucking apartment. Those of you who don't know that that something like that vaguely happened to me, um, so I sympathize with any kind of leg injury. Oh my god, that was awful. Because it was like red and like pulsing. When yeah. He's, it's like fuck, man. Also, the one with the river of snakes. Yo, uh, <laughs> that but that episode had like, all right, you know all the shit that's cr- this crazy shit that's happening. Let's have it underwater. It's like fuck. That was nuts. <laughs> oh, and then you think it's over. It's just like nope, going toward a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the way that spear hit like those, those rocks, you know, it's just. Ah, oh, man, that show is like. All right, because we're going really into spoilers. Um, it's still worth it if you. I mean, there's nothing. There's no description we can give that does it real justice. Like, just watch it. It's a great. There's no dialogue. No, there's no. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. There is no dialogue other than. Towards the end, uh, towards that, when they come upon an oasis Mm -hmm. in the last episode, they come upon an oasis and they're just like, uh, and then um, uh, what's what's the dinosaur's name? Fang Mm -hmm. sees a worm in the ground and is like traumatized (laughs) by the snakes that (laughs) that like bit it like the bit bit fang like episode a few episodes before and he's like oh you know it's just like roar roars and it runs away and then he's like <laughs> spear is like rah, 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 you know it's like there's nothing to worry about you know but he doesn't know language so <laughs> oh man that was great yeah um watchman right watchman Oh, we're covering a lot of shit tonight. Regina King is brilliant. Isn't she? She, Isn't she brilliant? She's fucking. Well, first of all, let's just start at the beginning. Okay. The fucking depiction of the Tulsa riots, a.k.a. the destruction of Black Wall Street, literally brought me to tears. Yeah. Like it was so visceral. It was so humanized by not just using black people as a as a um. 
as a prop. It's just like, oh, something bad is happening to black people, you know, next scene. It's just like, no, this happened. This really happened to people. This was the pain. Um, this was the trauma, one of the many eras of trauma that have happened in this country. And the way it was depicted, it just it just got me. One that seldom, if ever, gets talked about. Black Wall, the bombing of Black Wall Street, the massacre that happened oh, yeah. in Tulsa. Oh, for sure. I mean, as a matter of fact, I saw a few articles after the airing of that episode where white people are embarrassingly admitting, like, I've never heard of this. Like, yeah. I can't believe, you know. And, and people, like, you know, articles, like, at Time Magazine is just like, yeah, this really happened. This really happened. I mean, but to be fair, like... Even a lot of black people haven't heard about this because it's just not taught. No, it's not taught in schools. It's not part of the common rubric. Yeah, I had to go, like, I came upon it, like, through happenstance, mm -hmm. reading books, you know, because I was really steeped in, like, you know, progressive slash leftist uh, books and made me read about, like, Che Guevara and shit like that. And then... I came upon this blurb of saying like Black Wall Street and I was just like there was a Black Wall Street, you know? <laughs> when? Is mm. it still around? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then it's like no, it was bombed I think twice. There was a the there were two of them. There there were there were attempts to rebuild um, right. in different places. I mean, there've been there have been pockets uh, in American history where black people have had um, their own businesses, their own towns, their own banks, and were becoming prosperous. And then, of course, a white riot happens uh, because somebody accuses some uh, black man or black boy of whistling at a white woman, looking at a white woman, right. even thinking about a white woman. It's just like, you know. Oh, we get him. We got to get him, you know, and it's and it's not just like this, the civilians. It's like the cops stand by and watch it happen. Yeah, there was another one. In, I'm, I'm reading from Wikipedia. It was in Durham, North Carolina during the late 1800s and early 1900s. Mm. It was it is located on Parish Street. It was home to Mechanics and Farmers Bank, North Carolina Mutual. All right. I don't know why. What happened there? Anyway, um, in terms of Watchmen, it was that's it was a shot where like there's this woman holding a black a dead baby, mm -hmm. and that sh like I was like God, what a kick in the chest. Yeah. Um. And then it turns into Watchmen. Mm -hmm. You know, turns into like you know a continuation of the book. Mm -hmm. Where um, Rorschach's journal has been misinterpreted by uh, white supremacists who are using it to, and I'm just like, of oh, course, that's so unrealistic. Of course, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> of course, right? They're just like, well, this guy was an incel, just like us. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> that wasn't it at all. Yeah. Um. Rorschach would be rolling in his grave, you know, if he had a grave. Yeah, just, no, you know, she's just a spot in Antarctica. Yeah, it's probably still there too. Yeah. <laughs> it's frozen blood, frozen blood pile. Um, dude, I, I I had to like rewind and watch it again. Um, it seems either 
Dr. Manhattan came back to Mars or no, well, he, yeah, he came back because in the, in the book, he eventually left uh, this galaxy to go to go explore another galaxy, go create life somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently he's back and just building shit and he's tearing building it down. sandcastles in yeah. the sky. It's just like, Oh shit. Okay. This is going to be a thing, you know, yeah. um, which is frightening. I don't know how a world even functions knowing that this sort that God is walking around, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Oh boy. So, um, but Regina King's character is so Night sister, mm, so badass. Like that moment when she was about to, uh, when she got the call and she left the house and she told her husband, she was just like, if anybody pulls up and it's not me, you just pull the trigger. You just looked at her. You're just like, okay. You, you kill them until before they reach the front porch. <laughs> she was like, all right. All right. <laughs> she was like, God damn. I was like, that's right, Black Manta. I'm <laughs> leaving you in charge of the family. <laughs> so it's Black Manta. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's just like, look, I'm just trying to get out the Matrix. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to talk about that. <laughs> Holy shit. It's all connected, folks. <laughs> so, um,. Looking Glass is probably one of my favorite characters just based on his mask alone. That mask is so dope. Yeah. I really want to make, uh, I really want to have one, uh, but I'm probably suffocate because <laughs> that does not look like breathable fabric. It's, um, mm, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. But you know, the world of cosplaying is amazing. Yes, People find of ways to make it work. So. I'm sure at some point either a company or some cosplayer will, will show like, okay, this is how you can make this mask. Right. And then at Comic-Con next year, you know, rock it out. I can't wait for next Comic-Con and seeing, you know, uh, Night Sisters walking around <gasps> like all over. It's going to be. I'm going to take a picture with every Night Sister there yeah. is. <laughs> it's going to be so dope. Yeah. It's Her good. costume is so fucking cool. It's amazing. Her car is cool. Oh. The fact that she like reaches into her bed and pulls out a shotgun. That was some hardcore <laughs> shit. I was just like, like God damn. Sister is not playing. <laughs> Somebody's going to get fucked up. Um, but yeah. Uh, so what did you glean from the episode? Uh, you know, in, in terms of what it's where it's leading, because I have a feeling I know where it's leading. Um, ooh, I and I'm not talking about you know robots massaging uh, Jeremy Irons' thought naked thighs. They're robots. They have to be. The what? How does a butler no, not know what a knife is and then make a watch? <laughs> shit right i think you hit it on the head i mean like what else can they be they're genetic experiments maybe huh there's there's something awfully um uh like deeply placated about them like they're just you can't imagine them thinking outside of him at all you know yeah they're just like oh master here's your da 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 this that, and the other and massaging his old thighs. I'm just like, they don't pay them enough. So. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, what was weird was like immediately after, um, you know, that whole ordeal with the Rorschach, the seventh cavalry. Yeah. And night sister and all the, the people trying to take them down. They cut to downtown Abbey. <laughs> and I was like, 
What? <laughs> Downton. <laughs> oh, right. All right, all right. Downton. We spoke about this a few episodes right, I know, ago. I, know, I, know. Uh, I promised I'd be better. I promised I'd be better. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh yeah, but but where do you think the show is going? Um, mm, I think eventually Doctor Manhattan comes back and judges humanity. Really? I think so. See, here's what I think is gonna happen, right? Okay. You know how in the first Watchmen book it was the USA versus Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, uh you know. Th- Humanity was doomed through ni- nuclear annihilation. Yeah. Um, I think th- this Watchmen is about race. It's about the race. It's about the coming race war. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I might sound like an Alex Jones nutcase saying that. <laughs> it, just saying that out loud is just like, holy shit, what's, what's, what's happening? Holy shit. Um, I think you're right. Because... Uh, I mean, it's steeped in racial tension. Mm-hmm. I mean, President Robert Redford uh, giving reparations. That was so weird. Yeah. Um, I was like, it blew but, my mind. But they called them what it was. Redfordations. Redfordations. And, and, and black people don't have to pay taxes. That was that was like, whoa. Yeah. I I'm totally I'm totally on board for this. Like it's not not just because of that concept, but it's just like okay, we're challenging what society might look like, could look like, you know, how people would react. Like that's interesting. That's interesting. And it's amazing that something like this would still continue on, especially the racial tensions when the specter of of extra dimensional squids still exists. Like it rains squids that form little rorschachs when they hit your window yeah did you notice that yes i did i was just like huh so people still think like it's all about them huh yeah like, um and then and even you know looking glass asked that um that well, you know that mr bleach mm-hmm. um about like uh do you think that the Squids are the cause of a government conspiracy, or are they actual ent- extra-dimensional beings? I'm like, don't people know at this point that it was all a hoax? Maybe they don't. I don't think so. Um, well, at the end of the comic, um, didn't Rorschach leave his journal to? Well, we know how that turned out because it formed the Seventh Cavalry. So, so so that so it leaked out, but I think only the crackpots and the tinfoil hat neocons got it. So that guy who found it, who seemed like he was a a comic book store guy or something well, like that, that that the the publication that uh, that the journal that Rorschach's journal went to was called the New Frontiersman, which was a right wing journal. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Right? I mean, the the whole thing is just like, it's, it doesn't have the same hook, I feel like, as the, as the first Watchmen did with mm-hmm. the, like, the whodunit. Hmm. Um, but it's, I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, they might try to replicate that through the death of the police chief that happened at the end of the episode. Um, the coke snorting police chief? Yeah. 
Don Johnson, please, Chief. <laughs> I couldn't get over. I was Don Johnson. <laughs> Still doing cocaine, huh? They can't take Miami out of the boy. Hey, no. <laughs> he, he didn't go to acting school to do anything else. All right. It's just like, all right, at what point do I do cocaine? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. Um, yeah, it def- this the show definitely hooked me, and I kind of wish I, I could have binged it. But you know, the episodic week by week thing is also exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping community builds around it because I love when a whole bunch of people are excited and we all tune in at the same time, a la Game of Thrones. You know, yes. it's just like oh, it's it's like a weekly event. You yeah, know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um. I want to ask you more about uh, red predations, but I, I, I'm really thirsty. <laughs> I'm re- <Okay. laughs> I really want to go make a beer run. All um, right, cool, cool. So uh, I think we should wrap it up there. And, it up. Uh, and we got some decent uh, time out of this. Nice. We uh, definitely have enough for uh, a rainy day. Nice. Okay. So uh, from both of us here, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are... Robots Robots versus versus taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should. You should try keeping it right. Song of the week.